Hey, uh, hey, Anthony, do you like do you like my new shirt? Sure, man. It's cool. Could have been better. What was that? I said it could have been better. You want to fight about it? Yeah, I do. Let's go, chump. <laughs> Hold on a second. We don't need to fight. We don't? All you need to do is go to 86.com and choose from one of their many designs. Franchises range from Skullgirls to Street Fighter and even Blaze Blue. And if you check out 86 through this Twitch channel, use 86.com slash question mark AFF equals four to let them know that Mission Star Podcast sent you. second there we go i think hello everybody it is uh, at that time again it is another edition of mission star podcast i am your host anthony bianis um and with me as always not other than the man not the myth not the legend but the um uh the lore Great deeds. That's a weird one. <laughs> That's a definitely a weird intro. Was like, I was like, mm, "Where's this going?" <laughs> I was trying to, I was trying to figure out some other way because you know, they're the man, the myth, the legend, and then the name. But I'm thinking like, what, what would be like the kind of adverse to that? So, yeah. <laughs> um, before we, I'm also trying to figure out what's wrong with my Instagram because I logged onto it. <laughs> And it said it was somebody tried to log into it in Ecuador. Really? And then, and then it was like, is this you or not you? I can't click on, I'm going to force stop it and then reopen it and see if that changes it. But like when I, yeah, when I hit, it wasn't me to let them know that that's, I don't, I, I'm in the United States. I haven't visited Ecuador. Gotcha. Hang on. I just want to double check some guys. Like is the, is the music on? Is that hearable? Cause I messed up the audio settings up. Hang on a second. Give me one second. Okay, it is. It is. All right, good, good, good. It's working. The music is on. I'm happy. Uh, give me a second. I say do something. Uh, da, 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 da. no, not do that. Streaming is a blow up. Ah, dashboard. Okay, there we go. All right. This is this is gonna this is gonna go well for the uh, audio listeners at home I'm trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. Um, anyways, okay. Now that we got that out of the way, uh, let's see what that is. Now let's do it here. Um, we can get straight right into the news. Let's switch here. I'm gonna start the. Where is it? Uh, oh, guys, do that. Dun, 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 dun. Let me start my phone. See if that helps. All right. Okay. So. Uh, all right, our first article since I put the video up. There we go. Okay. All right, here we go. So, our first news story of the night comes from. Let's do this out. Okay. 
Uh, this is coming from PCGamerInsider.com, written by Alex Halvin. Activision Blizzard says job cuts could have possibly negative impact on financial performance. Hobbleton giant Activision Blizzard has said that there is the potential for the 8% uh, workforce uh, call that it announced last month to have a negative impact on its business. In its annual report, 10K filing with the United States Securities and Exchange Commission, published on February 28th, Activision Blizzard is compelled to warn investors of any risk factors that may impact its financial performance. Much of this section is devoted to a fairly typical concern as reported before, including the company may, uh, not being able to deliver popular games consistently. It's dependent on a small number of franchises managing uh, its own growth and a potential for legal proceedings. This time, however, Activision Blizzard has said one potential risk factor is that it may not be able to, quote, realize the expected financial and operational benefits, unquote, of the job cuts it announced alongside its most recent financial results. Furthermore, the publisher has said that the cuts uh, could actually negatively uh, impact its business. So, um, the... Uh, I read in there some article to this when this was posted last week, and one of the things that I came away with was that um, what they were basically saying, what Active Blizzard was essentially saying, is that these this eight percent job cut that they were doing uh, last week or two weeks ago, um, they don't know if that's going to be a good move for them in the future or not. It may be a good move, but they don't know if the benefits are going to be they all they all that it caused them thus far is you know bad pr but that's essentially what they're saying um regarding the eight percent cuts of the 800 people that were laid off um and there was also more information regarding um that this this move may also uh, what's the word i'm looking for uh lower morale with the other employees as far as like you know are they going to be affected as well like are, are they also probably thinking like you know should i look for another job if this if that is the case so yeah it, it basically came down to like yeah we don't know if this will work or not um I, this feels kind of like a situation where uh, it, it sounds like a big company trying to cut costs the way that they think that they can and We've seen it time and time again, Anthony, where company goes down or something needs to change and there's a bunch of layoffs. Um, this is barely news to me because every company kind of goes through this when they cut. That's bright, apparently. Um, every company goes through this when they when they cut corners or they 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 fire employees and stuff like that. Um, it's it's not... I, mean, I don't the, say this correctly, Anthony. Like my, my point is, is this this isn't... This isn't something that everyone should just be like, well, no shit, Sherlock. Because no, it's, it's not a no shit, Sherlock. This is what, again, every company goes through when they fire a bunch of people or lay off a bunch of people to to fix costs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and one of the things I've been hearing also just 
the the reasoning behind it is because last year in 2018 games were selling at an all-time high because we had a lot of great games last year that people were buying up um yeah. and, and analysts out there was they put out a projection they, they, they thought that this would 2019 will be a follow-up to what happened last year um, or the year prior. I might be mixing up the years here, but essentially they were forecasting that because of the growth and the way that the uh, the, the sales work for the industry that, oh, we can bring on a lot of these employees and we can grow from that and they get bigger. But the analysts were dead wrong on this one. So that's why you're seeing cuts from... Uh, Activision Blizzard. That's why you're seeing cuts from other game companies as of right now, and it sucks for the people, for those, for those people who lost their jobs. Absolutely, like I hope that all of them get jobs, you know, quickly and get back on their feet. But this is something that a lot of people in the suits that predicted that it, essentially they got wrong, and now they're kind of paying the price for it. So now they're readjusting. Now game companies and people in the higher ups. Are going to readjust expectations for for this year and next year, and have a better understanding of okay, what is realistically is going to be the game sales for our next game for next year versus you know what we had before. So that's something that they are going to tackle, and it's something that I think the one thing to remind people that as you, as you said, you're right. Like this happens all the time. It's just like we've been seeing much more abundance of it recently. So. Yeah, yeah, I just people need to understand, like, I'm not defending Activision slash Blizzard for firing 8% of their workforce. Like, that's I don't I don't ever agree with massive layoffs like that. Um, to me, that's that's a cheap way of trying to adjust costs. Um, if you are going to fire your entire workforce, at least for Christ's sake, I hope that they got their pensions. Exactly. Um, but, you know, I know that a lot of the people that were cut off, that a lot of that 8% were just interns are employees like just standard employees that were just paycheck to paycheck they weren't contracted people mm-hmm. so like i know that a lot of people were in that group they were contracted but there's a lot that weren't so it, it's it's a rough business you know it, it it really is a rough business to work for a triple a publisher because it, you could be laid off very quickly um but you know what activision and blizzard are doing is they're trying to figure out how to how to fix costs how to move money around properly because games did not sell for the well for them in the last year and so they you know cutting you know doing the eight percent they did lose quite a bit of uh stockholders they lost quite a few people that were investors so i think that's why it's coming out there like we don't know if it's a good idea or not well yeah no company knows is it a good idea or not they, I mean, look at Nintendo when their CEO like cut his own paycheck to make sure that other people were paid. That could have failed miserably. Like that could have been a real bad thing. But that's the entertainment industry, you know. Like you take those kind of gambles all the time. Yeah, and the game industry has never been uh, stable. Like, and, and not by any measure. Yeah, like I'll, I'll take my own uh, experiences, like. Over the years, like, you know, before I got into the game, uh, uh, covering games for quite some time, like I wanted to, you know, make games or help make games or get into the game industry. But the problem is that after after a while, I realized that 
Job security is not great in the game industry. You're consistently moving from one place to another unless you're at a uh, big company that will allow you to stay for a lot longer, like a Blizzard, like a, uh, well, like a Valve, I guess. Um, but like, yeah, like the it, the, the, the norm of, of working in the game industry is going from job to job to job to job. Um, and it's something that it, it shouldn't be the norm, but it is. And when I realized that, it's like, oh, Wow. Okay. Uh, I mean, let me go back on the whole making the game dream thing uh, for a later time. So, but yeah, like this is this is just kind of norm. This is also just, again, it's all of analysts uh, mis misquoting or kind of mispredicting the uh, the future of what game sales are going to be and bring on a lot of people, and then they turn out to be a dead wrong. So. So yeah, um, again, but uh, you know, for those again, for those who lost their jobs, the Activision Blizzard layoffs. Uh, you know, I hope you know you guys get on your feet quickly if you haven't already and um, find jobs. You know, as soon as you can. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think uh, I, I really hope that those people find places to work or something. Something great happens and 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 they they get on their feet because I don't like when I don't like when I see like mass layoffs like that in any company. <laughs> If tomorrow Walmart did that shit, I I would be I would be just as upset about it. I guess you could use the word upset. Mm -hmm. um, I hate seeing it because it's just it's it just means people lost their jobs, just straight up lost their jobs. So that's the unfortunate aspect. But on the other hand, like if we're talking about it from a company wide perspective, this barely qualifies as news in my book. All right. Okay, so moving on to our next topic at hand. This is regarding <laughs> this is regarding something that happened uh, not too long ago. Um, THQ Nordic. If you've been following what they've been doing recently, well, hmm, they put it simply, they held an AMA on 8chan. And for those who know what 8chan is, 8chan is a split off of 4chan. Um, it is a imaging and kind of just post whatever. It is a wild west of a website, um, yep. which included, hey, channel pornography um, that is posted on there usually. And the people over at THQ Nordic believed or, you know, took the opportunity or I'm assuming the one person thought of, you know, one PR person was thinking it was a good idea to do an AMA on that website. Um, shortly afterwards, when they find out what the hell HN was, they realize, oh, they made a huge mistake to the point where they even had to post on Twitter. We do not support child, uh, uh, molest, uh, what's it for? Um, child pornography. We do not support that. And also in a following statement, uh, THQ Nordic posted on, on the website. Uh, this was on the third, so that was three days ago. Um, this letter is to offer my sincerest apologies and regret for, uh, for THQ Nordic GmbH Vienna's interaction with the controversial website HN last Tuesday, February 26. I condemn all eth unethical content this website stands for, even if no one within the THQ Nordic group would ever endorse such content. I realized simply appearing there gave an implicit impression that we did. As co-founder and group CEO in THQ Nordic AB, I take full responsibility for all of THQ Nordic GMBH's action and communications. I've spent the past several days conducting an internal investigation into the matter. I assume you that every member of the organization has learned from this past week's events. 
I take this matter very seriously and we will take appropriate action to make sure that we have the right policies and systems in place to avoid similar mistakes in the future. As a Swedish-based fast-growing uh, group, we firmly uh, support equality and diversity. We are also working actively to combat the discrimination, harassment, and misconduct. We are already in the process of developing new work processes based on the United, States, uh, United Nations SDG or Sustainable Development Goals and using the GRI Global Reporting uh, Initiative standards and we'll we will accelerate this work going forward. So, with all that being said, your your um, your initial thoughts, Greg. Like, do you think the damage has been done, or do you think that oh, it's simple? Like, oh, they messed up. Don't do it again. Uh, what it's gonna, what it sounds like to me is a bunch of old people got on the internet. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I don't think I don't think it's fair to say damage has been done. I think that they're trying to take the proper avenues and learn from the mistake. It sounds like. Uh, I mean, we'll see in the in the future, but um, they. Uh, they know they fucked up. They know, and, and they they clearly are um, trying to fix it. Um, I hope people see that. But as you and I have both seen on the internet quite frequently, um, once the internet has its uh, haunches in you, they don't let go. True. Uh, I will. So, I will say it'd be it's easy to kind of do it when the fact that chan is a child pornography site essentially. Uh, but also, no, I, and, and I do understand that. I do. I do totally see that 100 percent. but also at the end of the day um were they trying to use the website for that no no and they understood the mistake they made again yeah and it, it is simply i think that down the line they didn't they didn't check their sources they didn't research what hn was and they believed that you know this would was a pretty fine idea um but in the end, they kind of learned the hard way. Like, oh, this is actually, you know, we should, we should have been more informed. We should have done a research, and we fucked up. And it's good. Yeah. On, it's good on them to come out and say, like, hey, we fucked up. Like, yeah, exactly. That's my point. Like, that's exactly my point. If they, if they didn't, if they if they acted like nothing happened and tried to sweep it under the rug, I'd be like, nah, guys, come on, come yeah, on. Yeah, you had to say something. <laughs> like, no, they, they know. They know they fucked up. Yeah, absolutely. So, um. Yeah, I think that going forward, I think they'll be more more, more aware of where they want to post their content and, and what AMAs they want to do in the future. Um, so, yeah, THQ, Nordic, uh, you learned your lesson. Um, it sounds like a bunch of fucking suits. Mm -hmm. We're like, just get it on any site that people are talking about games. And 8chan happened to be brought up. Like, hey, find that intern that brought up 8chan. That's that's whoa, that's where I think the problem lies. I'm being I'm joking, by the way. I don't know. <laughs> well, the, the way that the way that happened was like some. The, uh, the second you didn't laugh at that, I was like, uh oh, I didn't come <laughs> up with a joke. Um, actually, yeah, good thing you brought it up. Actually, because uh, <laughs> I, I I thought you were serious. Um, no, like uh, no, somebody no somebody from the HN uh, community or website like went to them and asked like they want to do it. So yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So it, but it was still emotion of like they don't they didn't know so yeah I mean it's it, it's it comes down to the whole thing like with my folks like if they they're like my mom the other day she goes hey Greg there's an article here on Facebook about the three things that you need on your Nintendo Switch and I was like okay I doubt the article is gonna help me at all and she's like 
Well, this one says that you need to have a uh, portable battery. And I was just like, okay, what kind of portable battery? And it was like this giant fucking hunking thing that you clip onto the back. Not like a portable battery, like a full on like chunk. And it only adds like two extra powers and I was, or two extra hours. I was like, nah. I don't remember what the other two things were, but they were absolutely useless. Oh, one was a projector that was exclusive for the Nintendo Switch. Hmm. You couldn't use anything else with this projector. And I went, why would I buy a projector that cost $400 exclusively for the Switch when I could buy a projector for $400, $500 that can use an HDMI input and then use my Xbox, my laptop, my Switch, my anything else that uses a fucking HDMI port. Right, right. She was like, I didn't think about that. And I was like, where? Neither did that site. <laughs> yeah. But that's kind of what this sounds like to me. It sounds like a bunch of people who just don't understand the internet in that fashion were quick to jump on something that they thought would be a good idea. Yep. And it turned out, guess what? But that's, and that's exactly why I'm giving them the whole like, you guys didn't. It's cute. You guys didn't know. <laughs> just don't do it again. Well, I mean, I can't imagine that they would. And yeah. I, can, I can imagine that from here on out, every single time a website is brought up to them, they're going to do some research on that website. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. They're going to definitely do it. <laughs> lesson, lesson to learn. All right. Let's move on. Hang on. Let me just stop the timer here. Boop. All right. So moving on to, I think... The, the hottest thing to hit the internet causing multiple things that uh, people are angry about. Specifically, Anthem. This was supported off of TwistedVoxel.com written by Ali Hyder. Uh, Anthem is causing full system level crashes leading to people asking for refund. Anthem has been out for a while now, but what has, has, has also released multiple updates for the game after testing it out with some pre-release beta tests and demos. Despite all of this, Anthem doesn't appear to offer a completely smooth experience and one crucial bug from the demo has slipped unnoticed by Bioware. Anthem players have reported the game crashing a lot. This is happening on almost all platforms from the Xbox One to the PS4. This led to multiple threads being made on Anthem subreddit and reports of the people suffering at least a crash of the game once or twice uh, are pretty common judging from the replies in, the in, the, in these threads. What is different is that the Anthem is, is that Anthem is apparently leading to the full shutdown on the PS4 for these users. Since crash seems to be pretty serious, it is, it is apparently affecting large samples of users and has led to people asking for refunds. Now let me make something clear here. Sony has one time uh, has only one time refund option available for any purchase that you make on the PlayStation Store. If you haven't used it, then they won't give you uh, they won't give you a refund no matter what the circumstances are going to be. So, uh, this is this has been reported. This has been talked about for a good pa good past couple of days, past week. And the thing that um, I've been seeing from a lot of people from uh, gaming outlets, especially 
uh, what was it? Uh, I saw uh, Greg Miller tweeted out like he, cause he's one of the people that, that uh, is out there loving the game. But like he posted a picture of like, oh, I just got Anthem to where it was a picture of the PS4 and the blue screen saying like it was acting as if it was a, a hard disconnect. Um, yeah, like the, the power supply got unplugged. Exactly. So. So they OK, so that I don't know. I, I mentioned this in the pre-show. They talked about this today on their stream because mm. um, people, of course, in the chat screaming about it. Um and uh, uh, the the head, the lead like guy, I can't think of his fucking, I cannot remember his name, but he addressed it. <clears throat> Sorry, he addressed it, and he pointed out that from his end, from 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 Bioware's end, as they looked into this, they tried to figure out what was going on. Um, the the crashes on the console are not on their part. Um, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. The the hard crashes are not on their part. The, the game crashing overall is definitely on their part and they're working to fix that. Um, they, they want to make, they want to get that correct. Mm-hmm. But the like full on system shutdown is not coming from them. So then a few other people came forward and said, yeah, it happened to me on, on Bloodborne. One person said, oh, I was playing uh, Dead or Alive 6 and it happened to me. Turns out, and I don't know why no one's reporting on this, that there was an up there was a console update on PS4 that is causing some updates for certain games to not work correctly. Mm, I see. Um, has Sony said anything regarding it? Not that I saw, not that I've seen, but I can't imagine that there wouldn't be a update on it soon. Um, but yeah, like like Anthem's like, or the guys were like, don't get me wrong. There's a problem with our game crashing, full on crashing. And that's happening on every platform, everywhere. Like they admitted that they were like, yes, we're working on fixing that. We don't want it to crash anymore. Like some people are having issues. Like when they leave the forge, they get cra- They go crash. They crash. The game crashes on them or it kicks them right to the main menu. Um, which had happened to me the other day, or they try to go in the launch bay and it crashes. Um, but, uh, and they're working on that. But with the Anthem crashing, with Anthem crashing in general, it's causing that reaction on the PS4 because there's a problem with a PS4 system update. Hmm. Okay. That's why it's not happening on the Xbox or the PC. Well, the game's still crashing on those. But didn't we have this conversation on Twitter with a friend of ours that said it crashed on his version on the Xbox? Did we? We did. Yeah, you, me, Chris Kruger, we're talking about it on Twitter. And he was saying that he, uh, his Xbox crashed as well. So. No, no, he was saying the game crashed. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't shut his Xbox off. He was saying that, it, that the game just crashed. That he can't get into a mission because the game just full on crashes. Oh, that's right. That's and right. as far as I know, it's working fine on his system now. Okay. Because we were, I was basically saying that this is not. That 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 what he was experiencing, I wasn't experiencing, and he has a newer Xbox than me, so I don't understand why that's happening. Um, this whole thing with with the 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 hard uh, essentially like the systems being unplugged kind of crash mm-hmm. is a combo of a game crashing, whether it be Bloodborne. Uh, De- uh, Dead or Alive 6 Anthem 
a game crashing and and the the PlayStation reacting that way. So if that if, if that is the case, then why hasn't Sony said anything regarding it, or are they just saying that hey we're gonna we're gonna say this later? I have absolutely no idea, Anthony. I I don't get it. Uh, but when the 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 devs from Anthem are being as straightforward as they possibly can on their stream and very much state that there is a problem with the game crashing on every system, on everywhere, in every test that they've done on all the PS4s that they have in their studio. When it crashes there, it doesn't act like an unplug. They've watched the videos of it happening and it's, it's very bizarre to them. They've contacted PlayStation and there was an update recently on the PlayStation a console update and so that's the only thing that they can think of that's happening and then there was a bunch of people again stating that they had hard system crashes like that also on different games so i don't know why playstation is not coming forward i or sony's not coming forward i have absolutely no i don't have an answer for you there mm, interesting i'm just giving you, i'm giving you the information that i've obtained interesting the one thing that has me caught again, I'm not, I'm not defending Bioware for their game not being optimized. Like that's a major issue. Yeah, and I, I'm giving them credit and them trying to fix it, but yeah, and and I said before that I really, from my time playing the demo, like I actually really like the combat and the way that the game moves. Um, but because of the issues that are out there, I'm kind of waiting and uh, waiting to see how things turn out, and hopefully it'll be fixed in time to where when I play it, like it's not going to be this this mess that I, I keep seeing and hearing about one of the things that has me concerned is how far how far is ea going to uh be supportive of ea and anthem because ea I, I feel like ea doesn't have as long of a leash as other big companies and they're kind of quick to kind of pull out support uh say like in Jonima that didn't do well when it launched and they were quick to kind of pull the uh, uh, the plug on that and divert all those people working on that game on probably Anthem and other games. So I'm kind of concerned as far as like how, how short of a leash does EA have with Bioware and if they are willing to keep at it and get the game to a stable state to potentially get the game into you know a much more level where people can play the game at a much more fun level and, and yeah. make success is that gonna something that they're gonna do or are they gonna just cut it loose it, it's absolutely gonna depend on what they do at anthem or anthem but what they do at bioware what they're gonna try to do to fix it uh the, something that kind of scares me that i saw recently is that anthem is now like 40 dollars yeah, i saw that too yeah there's already platforms and stuff yeah. like yeah that's that's really concerning me because like I, I can guarantee you that's that's the first step to a complete closure. But I also feel like that that EA is giving. I'll put it this way, Anthony. EA didn't shut down uh, Dice after the disaster that was Battlefront Two. Uh, Star we're talking about we're talking about uh, Star Wars, right? Yes, Star Wars Battlefront Two. EA did not shut down DICE. EA did not shut down the production of that game. They allowed it to be fixed, essentially, regardless of the backlash. Uh, but I would also counter with that, saying that 
the reason why is because this as you recently we talked about recently where Disney was pretty fine with how much or how they made their games so they were pretty fine with how sure. they did it hey, I, I, I don't disagree with you I'm just giving a uh, potential positive spin on it Anthony absolutely yeah we'll see in the future we'll see how things turn out but uh at the moment I, I, I sincerely hope that EA allows them to keep working on it and make the game more more uh stable uh just in general better with like the the RPG aspects um I have faith that BioWare can do better but mm-hmm. honestly time will tell and if you've had a chance to play the game to actually play the game I think you'd find it fun I think a lot of people immediately have steered away from it because of either a controversy or just the internet shitting on it hard because it's the current fucking punching bag yes indeed moving on to the next topic at uh, topic at hand um so uh this was it, it seems like e3 is in the air it seems like it is uh, getting close and closer as we speak um, and this was a report off of windowscentral.com written by, let me get the author here. Uh, where's the author's name? Uh, Jez Corden. The Xbox Maverick console will be named Xbox One S All Digital Edition pre-orders in April 2019. First detailed of Brad Sam's of Turot.com, Microsoft has been experimenting with diskless Xbox One S console codenamed Xbox Maverick of a launch window uh, thought to be around Q1 2019. According to our sources, we now know a little bit more into the, about the timing and marketing name of this intriguing new console. Microsoft is reportedly to set the call of the discless Maverick console, the Xbox One S All Digital Edition, with pre-orders aiming for mid-April 2019 with the, and the general availability coming in early May 2019. It looks as though it could near global's uh, simultaneous launch for almost all existing Xbox materials. Uh, the Dislikes Xbox One S uh, would be the first of, for the company offering fans the ability to dish, uh, dish disc uh, altogether and go all in on digital game license as Microsoft uh, pushes for. Get this out of the way. Hang on. Video player. Uh, Microsoft pushes for a greater access to its games library via things like Xbox Game Pass, digital subscription, and other incoming streaming services. Uh, Project X Cloud dropping the disk drive from the all digital di- edition should make it the cheapest Xbox console yet, though we have no word on pricing yet, uh, just yet, or whether the console will see any design refinements beyond simply dropping the disk drive. Okay, so if this is true, if this is indeed true that Microsoft is going to launch a the, the old digital di- uh, edition, the streaming the console version um, that they the rumors have been out there for a while, if that is supposed to happen in next month into May, um, holy shit is my first thought. Uh, second off, um, this is something that I think is going to be really interesting to see and it's going to as far as like how much it is and how well it would do i think it actually might do pretty well honestly yeah like, like i like i've pointed out many times on this podcast with xbox and people's reaction like these are options 
multiple options on on how to easily play their games. And I think Microsoft is very much in the ballpark of we just want people to play our games. We're not trying to be the we're not trying to um, we're not trying to create a console that beats anything else. We just want to give people options and uh, shit. I'd buy an all digital version if um, it weren't for the fact that I have Gamefly. <laughs> Shout out to Gamefly. Uh. <laughs> Dude, I, I played the demo to Division 2 and it's so much like Division 1 that like I'm like, I don't feel like buying it. Um, I, I like the story division. I like this the the single slash co-op stuff, but that I I hate the multiplayer. I cannot stand the dead zone. Mm. So one so Sorry, I was kind of off track there, but yeah, I was kind of wondering if you were leading into somewhere there. Uh, <laughs> no, I just the fact that that's why like that's why I would that's why I would not buy the digital all digital version, and I would I would keep my disc version or get a new one that did dish or disc because of games like that where um i don't want to spend the 60 dollars or i don't have that extra 60 dollars to spend so i'd rather rent it and the only way to rent it is via disc so buying an all digital version would be a hindrance to me but imagine a parent out there who knows that their kid wants to play games but knows that their kid wouldn't be responsible with the discs would get them scratched yeah, thinking about it, like if you if you're a parent and you literally bought this, this can save. Well, yeah, this can save you a lot of money because like all you need is the console itself, the Game Pass, and you just got to pay uh, ten bucks I a month. I guarantee you. I guarantee there's gonna be two versions of this disc, discless version. Oh yeah, there is. It'll, yeah, there's still be the Xbox yeah. Class, mm-hmm. but there will be the standard version that comes with nothing but a controller and the system, and that's gonna be two hundred dollars. And then there's going to be the $300 version, which comes with Game Pass, a second controller, and a bunch of games pre-installed. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to, and that's going to be the one, the, it's going to have, I want to say, better graphics, because that sounds like the case. Uh, it doesn't sound like, I mean, they might do an Xbox One X version, but with this leak or rumor, it sounds like they're doing only S right now for digital. But that could also be a test. They could be testing the waters to see if people want to buy it. It's very true. And then, and then come November, boom, Xbox One S all, X all digital version. So a lot of these questions will be answered either for sure um, or or not. Maybe they will not be there. And, and these are just rumors and we not be able to see that uh, these consoles at all this year. But the, 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 the initial thought of Microsoft doing this, as we said before, Microsoft is quite literally changing the game of the game industry. Um, no pun intended. Uh but yeah, they are quite out there making very, very bold moves, and they're playing the long con when it comes to what they are trying to do. They're they do have console, they do have exclusives, and that is still their brand that they want to sell. But the but the the other thing that people are starting to realize is that Microsoft is using Game Pass, using that to get out there to as uh, right now only on Xbox and on PC. But the thought of like it can come into the Switch. What if, it, what if it comes to Android? What if it comes to you know phone devices? Like they can, they are definitely playing a different game than the rest of the game industry, um, mm-hmm. and it's going to be very interesting to see how time goes. But I think that Microsoft is on a whole other level 
in terms like what how financially they can be successful at versus the way that we are used to seeing in the game industry so absolutely with the stuff with nintendo and whatnot like yeah, 100%. yeah absolutely absolutely um so i'm again e3 is going to be the big it's going to be the big uh answer for a lot of these questions but uh just based off what we've been seeing and what the rumors been um actually take that back no um at uh gdc so i forgot yeah uh m- much much more of our questions will be answered at gdc because they're going to have a panel describing the uh uh the uh the, the how you can implement uh, xbox live uh app on uh on nintendo and other mobile applications so like what yeah what what's the purpose of it being on there Cause, absolutely because like an, an app on like the phone or something makes sense or my laptop because i can monitor my games and shit like that but what would be the point of having it on a switch so that's what i'm really fucking curious about absolutely absolutely and then, and then you know basic question yet again it's like you know what's the benefit of doing it on the nintendo switch what's the benefit of doing an app on uh, on an iphone or an android like what's the benefit of that what are the what are the, are the other companies getting in return and you know we had this conversation and we you know one of the things that we brought up was nintendo can say hey you can play the next halo game you know, so, you know, this is all you know theory craft in here. But say, hey, uh, you can play the next Halo game on the go. You, you know, as long as you have an internet connection. I think that's the caveat. <laughs> but like, essentially, you can if you have an internet connection with the Switch, you can play these games on the go. You can play the next Halo that normally would not have been feasible on Nintendo system since Nintendo is not as usually are not as as up to par graphic wise to other consoles. But they can say like, hey, you can do this on this console. Um, on the go, and Microsoft, Microsoft can say, "Yeah, absolutely," because then you all they want people to do is get on the uh, on the Game Pass. Uh, it's what they want to do now. So let's see what happens. But like, it's things are Microsoft again making very bold moves and making things are are definitely. Uh, what, what would be what would be really fucking cool is to see a Game Pass version on the Switch. Again, like I said, like you pay, if you play for Game Pass on Xbox. You get a version of the Game Pass on the Switch that has older Xbox games or games that were multi-platform. Or this is this is Microsoft and Nintendo's way to bring 64 and GameCube games to the Switch. Yeah, man. They could be working together on that kind of I don't fucking know, man. Like we could get Nintendo games on the Switch. Like I'm sorry, Nintendo games on the Xbox. Like there's if that- so many avenues and platforms like mm-hmm. that could potentially go with this route. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, we, we've talked about it before. I don't think that we're getting exclusive Nintendo games on the Xbox and vice versa. I don't see that happening, but um, it's definitely a possibility. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to be these next several months are going to be probably the most interesting months I've ever seen in the game industry my entire life. So, yeah, we'll see how things go. But uh you know, come back to us in a, in a few months. We'll give you a different story. All right. So, you know, you know what that time is. You know what time it is. Well, it's seven fifty, but that means it's time for it's time for for Greg here to uh, tell you why you're wrong. So, I looked at my list of topics I wanted to bring up and one spoke to me immediately because I saw it recently happen again. Um, sponsored streams. If you go to a streamer's channel, popular streamer, for example, or, you know, somebody who has 
a few hundred people and they go, hey, I have to play this game for an hour because it's because it was you know sponsored to me or, hey, if you guys want, go buy this coffee um, or I'm sponsored by this gaming chair group. If you're watching a stream and a streamer does a sponsored ad, any kind of ad read, shut your fucking mouth. How about that? Just shut the fuck up. They are literally trying to make ends meet. They are all private contractors. They are they are doing a job, an entertainment job, mind you, for for you to enjoy. For free, for that matter. You don't have to pay them. And that's the point. Because it's a free job, they have to find a way to make money. They're not just doing it because, hey, it's fun to do. I mean, don't get me wrong. I imagine it's fucking fun to do a stream five days a week for eight to ten hours a night and make a decent amount of cash. I'm sure it is a blast. But if you've ever performed, if you've ever put on a show, it's still exhausting. And if people are coming to that free entertainment and not like not putting their $5 in a month or not donating, whether it be bits or whatever, whether it's on Mixer, I don't know what Mixer has. I'm sure they have a donation part thing, whatever it may be. If you're not putting money in, you sit through that ad. You sit through them going, well, I got to play this game or, hey, this, this chair company sponsored my stream. So go buy a chair. You know, they have all these different kinds and yada, yada, yada. Don't fucking pop into the chat and be like, "Hey, you fucking shill." Oh, what are you doing? You're you're just you're just trying to make money. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Must be real fucking nice to somehow have magical money in your pocket, because that's that's apparently the life you live. I I don't get it. I see it, I see it so fucking often. One of my favorite streamers, uh, Professor Broman, he's sponsored by a coffee company, and he had to do an ad thing the other day for it. And you'd have thought he said that he likes to kill babies the way the chat reacted. Now, here's the other funny part. The part of the chat that reacted were not sponsored were not uh, uh, subscribers. And that's that's another thing that I see is like it's not subscribers. It's not people already supporting the, the stream. It's randos who have this edgy high school attitude of, well, they're just selling out. They just sold out. Well, yeah, you live in a capitalist country, dickhead. We run on fucking money here. That's how it works. And if they're not making money from you watching for free, then they have to make money elsewhere. So do me a favor and shut the fuck up. If you have a problem with sponsored streams, if you have a problem with a streamer being sponsored and doing an ad read, you are the type of person who should not be watching streams or YouTube for that matter. Go elsewhere. Do something else with your time. Nobody cares. And this is why you're wrong. All right. That has been why you're wrong with Greg Deaton. I can actually agree with a lot of what Greg said. Like we've done sponsored streams on this Twitch channel uh, alone with games that have been given to us and, the things that came along with that. So yeah, we were, we were sponsored by two companies fucking for, for fuck's sake, 86 <laughs> and Humble Bundle. So like, yeah, we make money. We have to in some capacity. So 
Um, I agree with everything that Greg has just said. Um, but it's been another week, another uh, another uh, episode of Mission Start Podcast. And before we go, as usual, Greg, where can I find you on the internet? Uh, you can go to twitter.com. Uh, it's this really cool website where people go. It has like a cool bird on it. Uh, that's where I'm most active. But if you go there, search for Chub Rock Geek, you'll find me. Uh, that's where you can argue with me about my opinion on anything during this podcast because I have mostly unpopular opinions. Um, but uh, also, if you have information on anything that I said that you feel that there's a differing piece of information that I don't know or something in that regard, please share it with me. Like, honestly, I have absolutely no issues with putting more information in my head and maybe altering my opinion if new information is given to me. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so there's that. Um, I, do a, I do a weekly podcast with my buddy Josh Fisher on allcueduppodcast.com. Uh, we just did a review on two shows on Netflix. Uh, one is a dramedy called Russian Doll. Fantastic show. Go check it out. And a documentary called Be- Behind the Curve, which is about flat earthers. I've uh, been hearing a lot about that recently from, from other people. Like They've enjoyed watching that. So It's fascinating. But uh, yeah, so we, 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 well, we reviewed both of those on the podcast. That'll be up on Friday. Um, so if you're listening to this, the podcast, just, it'll go up on Monday. <laughs> okay. So the, the episode's already up. It went up on Friday. So sorry. We, we streamed this live on Wednesday, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Oh, that's um, <laughs> It went out on the eighth, I should say. Um, and then every alternating week. So every, every other week we do the review podcast, but now we have a show that we do on those alternating uh, weeks called uninhibited where josh and i just shoot the shit we just talk about whatever's on our mind so this last episode that you can find of uninhibited we both talk about the uh relevance of space jam how it relates to roger rabbit i bring up cool world for like a minute and then we talk about the internet just needing to fucking chill out like just being weird towards like captain captain marvel or anthem or whatever like just calm the fuck down and like honestly smoke some weed chill out like you're just being too much um but that's uh those are the two shows that we technically do they're both under the all queued up banner so if you just go search for all queued up podcast or go to the website all queued up all queued up podcast.com find that there um and that is about it Awesome. You can follow me on Twitter at Defective Naruto. You can follow the work that we do at MissionStartPodcast.com. This podcast will go up on Monday because I can't keep it up doing it on Fridays for some odd reason. Um, the body won't let me. But uh, Mondays seems to be the sweet spot for me. So Mondays is when you'll get those uh, new episodes of Mission Start Podcast. But if you want to watch it much sooner, we have every segment we talk about on this show uploaded to our YouTube channel um, every day. Uh, leading up to the next episode of Mission, Mission Star Podcast. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so you can take it, you know, both ways. And it'll watch here on the Twitch channel live every Wednesday night. Starting at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Main podcast starts at 7 p.m. Uh, for the main show. So, with that being said, thank you guys for watching. Thank you for listening. And we will see you guys next time.